Welcome to Holy Trinity Episcopal Church, located in Nevada City, California. The message this morning is brought to us by our priest, Brad Helmuth, and we are now in the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. I'll ask you a question. I don't want you to answer verbally. I just want you to think about this for a second. What does it mean to be in community? I talk a lot about community, I know. I think it's important. There are lots of reasons for that. I don't know if you've noticed this week, the people of the dust are back in town. Have you paid attention to that? Do you know what I'm referring to? Burning Man. The Burning Man people slash slash whatever else um, stayovers have now landed in Nevada City. And the way you know that is their RVs are parked with bikes to the back that are covered in playa dust, which is this sort of white sort of dirt that never comes off of anything. <laughs> really, it is. It's kind, of, it's kind of interesting. They're here. They're here. I always know they're here. Which can bring with it a certain sensibility. I don't know if you run into people that are a part of that particular community. And it really is a community. Burning Man was started very much intentionally as being sort of this counter-cultural, spiritual art thing. That's the best way to describe it. With its own sensibilities. About no money is exchanged, they barter. There are rules for everything, for this sort of utopian sort of gathering out in the middle of the Black Rock Desert. I can't think of a worse place to gather, can you? <laughs> I mean, really, could you not go to Tahoe? Right? <laughs> Well, no, they can't now because it's quite the thing. Like, tickets are hard to come by. It's a big community. They've got this whole grid going on to plan things. It's pretty, pretty incredible to see how it's put together. Not only that, but what was started, what was intentionally started as a particular type of community has now become another type of community. Why? Well, what happens in communities is there is an intentionality. So this original intentionality with a small group of people gathering. So then, then it becomes hip to go, so then, then the people that want to be hip go. And then there are people that go, oh, you mean there are no rules and I don't have to wear clothing? I'm going. And then those people go. And then the people that have lots of money fly in all their stuff, right? There's an airstrip there for the millionaires to come in and have their own little camp. They have other people trucking RVs. With, it's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. But they have their own sensibilities, don't they? There are requirements. Bring a mask. There's lots of dust. Bicycles are highly recommended. Contribute something to the art. You, you bring something to contribute to barter to the community. You bring your gift to the community and trade it for other things. You respect the man. Do you know what the man is? Burning Man. Well, it's a reason it's called Burning Man, just in case you didn't know. Every year they build the man, which is this big wooden structure that they light on fire at the end or towards the end of the little gathering. And it's meant to be a funeral pyre of sorts, a burning of one's disappointments or griefs or wrongs or the things that you've done. It, it's a confession, repentance of sorts. Those are the sensibilities of that community. To be in that community, 
And to be a part of that community, you, you've got to be okay with all that. Right? It's an interesting community. I know lots of people that have gone. I know Episcopal priests that have gone. And are looking to bring uh, Christian spirituality. I'm still going, I have no idea how you do that. <laughs> when, yeah, but that's the other thing about it too. It's just some sensibility. I just couldn't get past the dust and the heat. I'm just being honest with you. If i got to be in the sun that long, I'm grumpy. I'm not going to be a good priest. <laughs> but there are sensibilities to be in that community. But there are sensibilities to be in the Christian community, are there not? Jesus talks about in the Gospel this morning, all of the words he uses are a little bit odd. Maybe the words themselves are odd, but the way that Jesus says it. You cannot be my disciple if you don't hate your mom and dad, your brother and sister, your niece, your nephew, you know, your best friend. And you're like, really, Jesus? What are you, what are you calling me to? He, then he goes on to say, even life itself. That's like the Monty Python skit when they're chanting, right? Oh, click. You know, that's like hating life, just being in the stretch. If you've never seen Monty Python, I'm so sorry. But there's this funny part where they're like so, like just not joyful. So when Jesus says, you, you, have, you cannot be a disciple unless you hate even life itself. Unless you carry your cross and follow me. Those are distinctives for the community. And they're very interesting. But what does Jesus mean by that? He says, the way that things operate outside of my community, my family, are different. But if you're going to be here, if we're going to be a community, then there are a few things you need to know. Namely, that all the ways in which you have propped yourself up in life are no longer worth anything. Right? Paul says that in Philippians. Right? He's having this sort of like resume comparing contest going on in Philippians because they were saying he wasn't Jewish enough or something. So he says, you know, I was born of this tribe and in this way and I was circumcised and I was trained under this person and I did all this. And when he gets to the end of it, Paul says something very peculiar. He says, but I count all of those things as rubbish in the face of the cross of Christ. Paul is saying the same thing that Jesus is saying in a different way, which is, the things that you used to get by in life before you entered into healthy, real Christian community have no value in the way that you used them before. I've said this before, some of this before. Some people come into community with a name, with a reputation. A reputation that says they're a power broker in the community. Some people come into community and they've acquired quite the fortune, right? And, 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 what God, and what happens is, is out in the larger community, people will treat you well based on what hand you hold, right? In other words, what you have to offer. 
money, power, influence, connection, right? We call that hobnobbing. I love watching it. I love watching the way that community tries to be developed that way. But Jesus says, listen, that doesn't work here. That doesn't work. Paul gives this great illustration in the letter to Philemon. Philemon is, a, is an owner. Onesimus is a slave. He has run away. And Paul, he hooked up with Paul. He entered into this family of Christians. And now Paul is sending him back. And saying, listen, we know one another. And now I'm sending him back to you. Incidentally, Onesimus means useful. Useful. So this is play on words, right? Formally to you, he was not profitable. But now he's profitable. Now he's useful. If there's anything that is owed to you because of him, charge it to me. Oh, and by the way, just so that we're clear, remember that you owe me. Right? Now, ideally what Paul is doing is referencing what we all know to be true. Paul, in this letter, is acting as a type of Christ. He is a good shepherd in that way. Why? Because in community, when you're talking about owing and the power structures and all those things, essentially Jesus is saying, whatever it is that person owes to you, why don't you just charge it to me? Oh, and by the way, you owe me everything. Everything. It's an interesting way of thinking about that. But what is it like to be in community with people that know that the people that they're sitting across from next to, that they serve alongside, are no better or no, no worse in the eyes of God? To be equal in that sense. Not equal in lots of other ways, right? Because when we're talking about equal, we could go back to uh, the first church, right? Everybody gave all their stuff and put it in the middle, and then the apostles distributed it as there was need, right? But everybody had a, right? Everybody had a different way of life, different place in life, been through different things, different hurts, different successes, joys, kids, not kids, married, not married, right? All of those things. But when we come into community together, we hold those things in common. It's why the illustration of the body of Christ is so, so exceptional. Because regardless of your giftedness and your talent and your place in life, there still is a place for you within the community of Jesus. Right? I may be the loudmouth up here in the funny dress, but that doesn't make me any more important than anybody else. Because things happen around here that I don't do. And that's the way it has to be, because there is no way that I could do everything. But God never intended that. And so he's gifted all of us in certain ways to come together and be together in community. In a new way. Not in the old way. That's why Jesus is saying to these people, listen, you, Jews... 
you pay honor to your father and mother and you go through all of this ritual and rubric and laws and you posture yourself against the Romans and the community and do this. And unless you divest yourself of all those sensibilities, coming into the community of Christ, it will, it will not work. God's intention was not that. God's intention was much different. The example from the Old Testament reading is one of those things too. God continues to call his people back to him through his prophets. And he uses this beautiful example of uh, a potter's wheel and clay. How many of you have ever done work with clay on a wheel before? I have never done that. But I've heard people talking about working the clay and they work it too much and it collapses. And they're like, well, what are you, you going to do now? You know, the thing I was working on wasn't what I wanted it to be. You rework it. And so God says, listen, I can rework this into my own purpose. He's saying it as not really a threat against Israel, but he's saying, listen, you think you're hot stuff, but guess what? I can make other people hot stuff too. Right? I can make somebody else, another nation, great. I can rework this thing because you have fallen. You are no longer what it was that you were intended to be. You have bought into something other than what, how, how and what I've created you to be. And so I'm going to reshape it into the way that I want it. And ultimately the prophet is saying, so what do you want? Do you want him to reshape you? Or do you want to remain fallen? As a kid, I remember, um, I grew up off a ridge road by Marjong, so we would come across the ridge and then go up the back part of the high school property. And way back in the day, there was this huge sort of like pit dug in the side of the hill where they would take all of the broken clay stuff I don't know if everybody had ever seen that before, but my brother and I found it. And we would go, and they were all broken things. They were things that they put in the kiln, and they didn't do well, and they cracked, and they weren't perfect, or whatever it was. And we took them, and we threw them against the hillside, because I'm a boy, and we're going to break stuff. Right? <laughs> but that's the image. What do you want? Do you want to remain that, and then be put out? Or do you want God to reshape you into the way that you were intended to be? Connects to the psalm, doesn't it? Psalm 139 is beautiful. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God is always intimately involved in the creation of his community and in the people that are a part of his community. I love this psalm because it is so intimate. We think of God sometimes as like way up here. I, I have, right? Way, way, way up here. Or sometimes we think of God as like our best buddy sitting next to us. I don't know that either of those perspectives is, is entirely healthy. I think thinking of God in a way that says God loves me in a way that I could never understand, I think that's a good place to start. And that the God of the universe, before my limbs were all the way formed, right? There's such this detail, there's such this intimacy in going, it's going to be just like this. Which is a couple of things. 
A God who loved us, loves us with an intimacy we could never understand. And that creative God, that creative, intimate love from God is manifested out in how he's created you and me. And all of our imperfections, and all of our messiness, and all of our humanness. And the intention of that is that we would get together, that we'd be together, that we'd be community, that we'd be a loving community, that we'd look to build one another up, encourage one another, pick one another up when things go sideways. Anybody ever had life go sideways? Yeah. Those are the sensibilities of what we're talking about. It brings me such joy to see all your faces here this morning. Because you're all mixed and match. You don't all belong together in the same space, right? But to see you all in here, it's really quite lovely. Because it reminds me of something that is true. Although we have two services, we are one body here in the parish of Holy Trinity. That there is both legacy here and newness that add to our community, that keep it in sort of this dynamic state. Christopher and I talk occasionally over coffee, and he goes, I don't recognize 40% of the people in the service. It's only been a couple of years. That's the dynamic nature of being in community. Communities change. They ebb and flow, and people move about, and God moves as he does and as he wills, and we end up together for the purpose of loving him and loving one another, loving our neighbor as ourselves. It's powerful, isn't it, to think about those things? I mean, think about when, when you have been loved in that way, the different times in your life. I mean, I look around here and I see different faces, and there are different things that have happened where people have come together to care for in a way that was incredible. And the same people have then cared for others, right? There is this beautiful relationship that happens. And I know not all of us are the same. I say this all the time. We're just a collective group of people. We are. And I think that's what makes it beautiful. At least to me. It's lovely to hear so many different experiences of life to watch people walk with God in ways that I've never walked. To see the joy of somebody serving, giving, changing a life, being community, living out a manifestation of the love of Christ that is in them. Amen? Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son, and